Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be a review of the Chargers game and a preview of the upcoming game against the 49ers. And Tom McLeavy is going to stop by with another McLeavy Minute. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Who day? Week 13 Review Los Angeles Chargers, 41. Cincinnati Bengals, 22. All I can say about this game was it was a bloodbath. It was like the Bengals went out to the parking lot to fight and they got hit in the face four times and fell to the ground before we even knew there was going to be a fight. It was just crazy that they snuck up on us that much in the first quarter. And, you know, when I say bloodbath, I'm talking about the injuries. Burrow with the finger, Logan Wilson gets hurt, Awuzier with the foot, Mixon jams his neck, Piran hurts his knee, Boyd needs an IV, Higgins gets cheaply horse-collared, hurts his ankle, Marcus Bailey with a stinger. I've never seen that many guys go down in a game, at least not this year. We've been lucky with injuries. And again, this one was just a shocking, shocking bloodbath. All right, let's move on to some general observations from the game. So first off, the Chargers really got us in field position. It started off on the first kickoff of the game. We have great coverage teams usually, and they run it back 48 yards. They they take it to midfield, and it just continued for the rest of the day with the turnovers I mean, on the kickoffs, we got the ball on like the 15 and the 10 a couple times. So it was a real mismatch in field position. And that was one of the things that led to our demise in this game. And once the Chargers started that first drive in favorable field position, they put together a great drive. They moved the ball down the field and then they did that one hurry up play and that beautiful play action throw over the top by Herbert. High point to Williams. I don't like to compliment the other teams but that was pretty slick play calling and great execution and a really good throw, the kind of throws that we see out of Joe Burrow, obviously. And then moving on to the offensive line. So I know there was a couple injuries, and I'm hoping that Reef and Hopkins are going to come back for the 49ers game. They say that they are. I'm not sure the status yet. It's a little early in the week. But we went into that game. Now you're protecting Joe Burrow. You're protecting a legitimate franchise quarterback, a first overall pick. And this is what we started on the offensive line this game. We had a first-round pick at left tackle in Jonah Williams. Then if you take the other four spots, there's an undrafted guard, there's a sixth-round pick at center, there's a sixth-round pick at guard, and there's a sixth-round pick at right tackle as well. Now, I know you can't go on draft status. That really doesn't matter. Once you get into the NFL, all bets are off, and you're going to be a good player or a bad player regardless of how you got there. But when you just think about it on paper, You know, one first-rounder, three sixth-rounders, and an undrafted to protect Joe Burrow. It just doesn't seem like a winning formula for success with an offensive line. And it kind of showed this game. There was a bunch of penalties. The new guys in the lineup took a little time to adjust. They got beat a few times. And, you know, as a result, Joe Burrow paid the price. Joe Mixon paid the price. There was a lot of guys in the backfield. Burrow sacked six times, hit five other times. And on the play where Joe got hurt, it was that fumble dislocated pinky, not fun to have to throw the ball like that. And that was on Jonah Williams. And we've been talking about Jonah. He's been having a very good season up to this point. But it seems like he starts games off a little bit slowly. I don't know if it's just taking him time to adjust to the guy in front of him or he's underestimating the guy in front of him and he finally snaps it together. Because he he does play good 
you know, from midway through the first quarter on, seemingly. But it just seems like those early mistakes have been happening consistently with Jonah. And in this case, it was a really costly one because, you know, Joe did hurt his finger on that play. I know he fought through it. I know he's going to continue to play through it. But it's not ideal to be gripping a football with that kind of an injury, unfortunately. And then you move on to the turnovers. We did get three turnovers against them, which helped us get right back in the game. So that was good on our part. But we had two first quarter turnovers and then two fourth quarter turnovers. And let's go to those first two turnovers. That's very hard to overcome when right away you're giving the other team extra possessions and good field position. And that's what we saw this game. You know, they go up ultimately 24 nothing, And no matter how good you are, no matter how resilient you are, and this team is resilient and they did stick to it and almost put together a comeback effort, it's hard to come back like that. Even in the first quarter when it was 16 nothing, I was like, I don't know how we're going to come back and win this game. It's just too much of a deficit too early. Then we had the Herbert Burrow battle, and you know I'm all for Joe Burrow being the superior quarterback, but I have to say Herbert had a great game. He made some great throws. They protected him very well as well. But he was as advertised. He's a very good quarterback, and hopefully you know, we look down the road to Burrow and Herbert competing a bunch of times for some big things in the AFC. The defense did great against Eckler coming out of the backfield and in the run game, which has been the MO of our defense, playing very good against the run. Eckler is very successful in the passing game for them, and we kind of shut that down. So that was good to see. The problem was I think we gave Herbert a little too much time in the pocket. There were times he was you know, dancing around back there, patting the ball, looking for someone, and they got us on a bunch of jump balls, which is usually what we do to teams with Higgins and whatnot. And in this game, they got us with Guyton and Williams getting those big jump balls. So I think that was the issue in this game. We, we stopped the run very well, but we just had a very rough time against that excellent Chargers passing attack, and that's kind of what we knew going into the game. And we had two bad red zone blown coverages. I think there was actually three, but you had that Allen touchdown in the first quarter where basically no one was on him. You had the Herbert two-pointer, the as everyone calls it, the Philly special. And that's always a morale killer when you see the quarterback sneak off like that, wide open, two-pointer. And I talked about the injuries at the top. You know, when Awuzie went down, that's a big loss. Logan Wilson seemed to be the biggest loss of all of it. And it was hard filling his spot. Joe Bocci came in and played admirably, but it was a big drop-off from Logan Wilson. Pratt had a very good game, too. But again, not having Logan Wilson in there was a little bit of an issue, and that's going to be an issue moving forward. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out, but I think it's going to be a few games minimum. And I thought Mixon had a decent game, but he was a little bit limited, and I thought that was a lot of the offensive line's push. Not getting enough push in the run game, letting too many guys get into the backfield in the run game. It just seemed like... There were guys in the backfield every time Mixon got the ball, and that hasn't been the case for a lot of the year. It might have been with having the two new offensive linemen in there. Definitely affected Mixon's performance. I'm not going to put his 56 yards rushing on Joe Mixon. I really feel it was more of an offensive line issue. And then, of course, Mixon goes down with with a jammed neck, and he just comes back in the same drive. That's That's a warrior. That's a guy who wants to win. Those are the kind of players that you want. I give him a lot of respect, and I give Burrow a lot of respect for coming back in the game from injuries that a lot of guys would not have come back from. And the Burrow injury, I think, limited us play calling a little bit because he was having a hard time getting the ball under center, so he took a lot of shotgun snaps, and that eliminates your play-action game, and you know, it cuts down your playbook a little bit. So that that's what we did with Ben last week with the Steelers. They were down by so much, Ben can't throw the ball anymore, so their playbook was significantly cut. We had a little bit of that same situation with Burrow in the second half. 
Then onto the coaching aspects, Coach Taylor took a lot of blame for the two mistakes that were made, and I don't think they were that major. So we're going to go for the two-pointer. We take a timeout, and we come off the timeout into a delay of game, which is really bad. You know, you don't like to see that. That's That was misplayed by the coaching staff, I have to say. And then we missed the extra point. So that that's like a two-point swing right there. And Coach Taylor was fully accountable for it, so you can't totally hate on him for it. And, you know, he made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. And then at the end of the first half, we were we had a chance at maybe running another play, maybe a Hail Mary or something, and the clock just got the best of us, and we ran out the clock without having that extra play. Again, Coach Taylor took the blame for that one as well. But regardless of those two coaching errors, we came out of the half again out coaching the other team. We were a better team in the second half right out of the gate, and that comes down to halftime adjustments, and we keep making them. I've been saying this every week that we go into halftime and we come out and we have a better game plan than the other team. So that's a credit to the coaching staff. And as you guys know, I always like to go into the first drive of the second half to see what we were thinking about offensively. So here they go. It looks like they wanted to get Mixon going right away in the second half, figuring, you know, he had a little bit of a slow start, but we'll, we'll kind of beat him to death and wear them down. So first play was Mixon. He ran right. It was a little bit of high snap, so that threw off the momentum of the play. Mixon gets two yards. Then we do a draw play to Mixon, another good idea. You want to involve him with a different type of run, so a draw play on the second play, he gets four yards. Third play was a quick slant to Higgins for 10, and then they went right back to Mixon. He ran right for three yards, that's when he hurt his neck. He comes out. Next play, they give it to Pirine on the right side for three yards. So they're seeing something where they want to run right, and I know there was a little bit of criticism that you're running behind the weaker side of your offensive line. They obviously saw something in the locker room that they wanted to exploit, so there was a bunch of runs to the right on that first drive. I get the aspect that they want to get the running game going. I would have liked to see them go left a little bit more. Moving on to the sixth play, we did that deep out to Boyd for 20 yards. So we're mixing it up. You know, we're a lot of run, but we, we have a couple big passes in there. Like I said, a pass to Higgins, a pass to Boyd. Then it's P. Ryan up the middle for one yard. And then we do a go route to Higgins, and I think that was the big play that they had planned for this drive. They wanted to kind of lull them to sleep with the running game and set up Higgins on a jump ball up top. Unfortunately, that ball was incomplete. The ninth play was a, was the Burrow scramble. He had a nice little scramble there, but Adenogy had a holding call, and there's a drive killer right there. Go back to Higgins on the next play for a 10-yard in, so it was a lot of Mixon and Higgins coming out of the locker room. Ultimately, we have to go for the field goal. We get a 48-yard field goal. So we did put together a scoring drive right out of the locker room, but it was a three-point drive, not a seven-point drive. And then we battled back. We got the turnovers. We stayed the course. Again, a resilient team that wants to win and doesn't give up, and that's that's a credit to the guys on the team and the coaching staff, as I always say. We started off the fourth quarter. It was 24-22, and we had the ball at the 46. So going from being down 24 nothing. Here we are starting the fourth quarter down by less than a score and in good field position. And then unfortunately we had the mix and fumble. I'll go over that play a little bit later, but I mean, we were right on the doorstep of coming back. I was like, you know what? We're going to kick a field goal. We're going to go ahead. We're going to end up ultimately being up like 31-24 and just taking this game. That's what I really thought was going to happen. It did not. We move on. Now, if you want to think about the season... We're still very much in the hunt at 7-5. and five. Yes, 8-4 and four would have been better. A win over the Chargers would have been better. We would have been in first place in the division. But you think about it. We're in the middle of December now, 
and we're still very much in the hunt with a very good shot to win the division and make the playoffs. That's more than a lot of us expected when this year started. So we can't get down on a couple losses here and there. The team is still playing very well, and we're going to be fighting all the way till the end to see what happens and to see our destiny for this year. And if you look at our losses, they kind of came from big turnovers. And obviously we know the turnover ratio is what's going to win and lose games in the NFL. We're seeing that firsthand. That Bears game, those three fluke interceptions, couldn't come back from it, and that's a team we should have beat. The Jets, we were on our way to come back, and we have that interception. Then we have the game that we just played with the four big turnovers. So if you go through, most of our losses have been a result of being a little sloppy with the ball. All right, so let's quickly move on to some key plays from the game. So the first big play was, unfortunately, the chase bobble that led to the interception. So we have three wides. We have good protection for Burrow. We kind of get that one-on-one on the outside. Burrow throws a, a really perfect pass. It it had zip on it, but yet it was it was like a touch pass. You know, it had enough juice on the ball, but it was still placed like so perfectly and like easy to catch. And it was a go route. It would have been a touchdown or very close once Chase got the ball. You know how he has that second, third gear. And it was just bad luck. You know, he, he gets the ball. He bobbles it a little bit. It falls right into the hand of the Chargers. That's the way the ball bounces, right? That's what they say. Obviously, you can't fault Burrow. Yeah, Chase should have caught it cleanly. But how often do you see a ball like that get bobbled for an interception? So it was kind of a fluke play. Unfortunately, it was a key play in the game because it really put us behind and enabled them to go up by three scores. And then the other play, which was a negative for us, you had that jump ball to Guyton over Bates in the end zone. You know, their number three receiver beating our star safety. They go up 24 nothing at that point. Very hard to overcome. And if you think about it, they scored 24 at that point. We only scored 22 the whole game. So that was enough right there to win the game. Third big play was a positive for us. And that was that Higgins high point touchdown. He got up. I, he, he has His hands had to be over 11 feet in the air when he grabbed that. So we had four wides, my favorite formation, and it was just a nice post pattern to Higgins right down the middle of the field. There was a safety and a corner on him. He jumps up, beautiful throw, beautiful high point catch, touchdown Higgins. The comeback starts right there, and you know we fell short, but that's where it started. Fourth big play was a case of the defense not giving up on the game. It was the Eckler fumble. So you had Har- Hargraves make the hit, so he's in there for a woozie. He makes a big play in his first appearance with us, and Jermaine Pratt just always going for the strip and the fumble, and he got that ball out. Bates makes the recovery, running downfield. I was shocked that Herbert hit him and tackled him and knocked him out of bounds. I wish that one of our DBs would have gotten a little more of a jump and blocked Herbert. That's your chance, really, right, to get a pick six and score. We ultimately scored on this. It's also your chance to lay a hit on the quarterback. And I'm not talking about anything dirty, obviously, but if Herbert's going for that tackle and you have a guy – in position to block them, that's when you really you bang that quarterback and you know make them feel it and say, hey, you know you had the turnover here and you took a nice shot too. You know, welcome to the NFL. The next big play was the Mixon rushing touchdown after his injury, so he comes back in the game like a hero. They send Boyd in motion. Mixon gets to the line. There's not much there when he gets to the line, but he's patient. He waits for the hole to open, accelerates right through the middle of the defense for a touchdown. Again, I talk about him being a natural running back. That is such good anticipation, vision, and change of speeds. We've been talking about these things with him for a few weeks now, and this was a classic example of all of those things coming together for a big touchdown. 
And the last big play was another negative, and it was the mix and fumble. There were multiple missed blocks up front. Spain missed his block. Uzama missed his block. There was a few guys in the backfield. Mixon tries to make an adjustment, and the ball just pops out. No one hit it. It wasn't. I don't think it was him changing hands. It just popped out. Just the crazy bounce of the ball, similar to the Jamar Chase interception play. It's just like, wow, the, the ball just bounced the Chargers' way on two of our best playmakers, too. And, you know, it's almost impossible to overcome that. And at that point, you know, the game was over. We were down by nine when they ran that in. There was time left in the game, but that was a big shift in morale. And now you're down by two scores, and the Chargers' offense was still looking potent. So that was the game right there. All right, let's quickly go through some individual performances. So Joe Burrow. Shows his toughness, shows his leadership. He took a beating this game with the six sacks and the five hits and the finger getting messed up right in the beginning of the game. He was making good, solid throws, even with that finger hurting like that. He made a great read on his TD run early. He got another touchdown against the Chargers. Charles Davis, who I love as a commentator, was talking about Joe Burrow compared to Wayne Gretzky, how they see things on the field before most players see them, and it results in greatness. And You know, I just love to hear Joe Burrow being complimented like that and being compared with such a legend in sports. Burrow even did a left-handed toss to Pirine after the pocket collapsed on him. So that that was a nice little improv to see. And then his interceptions, we know the first one was the bobble. And the second one, he was getting pressured. He's running up in the pocket. He sees Uzama cutting to the corner of the end zone. I love when you get it over that second level and before the third level, you kind of drop it in there. And that's what he went to do. There just wasn't enough on the ball. And Hayward, the defender, made a really good play on it. There was the interception, and you know ultimately that sealed it as well. Higgins had a huge day. He continues to be a go-to. He's really come on strong these last few weeks, high-pointing the ball in clutch situations. It's a big threat to a defense when they have to worry about Jamar Chase, and then Higgins starts putting up numbers like this. And Tyler Boyd contributes with five big catches in this game, too. Always in clutch spots, always contested, basically. You know, he went out early with the IV, got a little dehydrated, and came back in and contributed heavily to that comeback effort. And Jamar Chase, I know he had the the fluke play. I know he had one other drop on the day. But he did have five catches, contested catches, some first down catches in traffic that showed his toughness and showed good hands. So... He, he slowed down a little bit recently because of defenses rolling everything to him, but he's still contributing. Offensive line, I talked about it already. It's just it wasn't a good effort. We need to do better there, but we're going to have to really address this in the offseason, and it's going to have to be in the form of getting two new players at least. And we have to also think about maybe Lamont Galliard as a possibility at center if Hopkins isn't ready to come back. Now, Hill is a young player. You can't the jury's not out on him yet. You can't just judge him on a bad game or two. You know, the Bengals believed him enough to draft him. He's he has a big, strong frame for the position. He was in a good program in college, so it's not over for him. But if he continues to struggle like this and Hopkins isn't back, you have to try some other alternatives. And I never saw Galliard play. I don't know what he's made of, but he did have some NFL action prior to this. And he's the only other alternative on the roster as opposed to like totally reshuffling the line and having guards snap the ball. So it's just something to think about for the coaching staff to take a look at. And I know Deontay Smith is due to come back. I know they really like him. He's not a center, so it's not going to fix that. And they do like Adenergy at guard, but Deontay Smith is another option there. 
it's nice to see him get back before the season's over, and he can only contribute. So we'll see what they want to do with him. And if you want to break down those Joe Burrow sacks just quickly, just so we can see what's going wrong. So on the first one, Jonah got beat early on the edge by his guy. Joe Burrow holds the ball a little longer than he should have. Sack number one. Sack number two, I thought that Joe might have held the ball a little too long too. He was trying to make something happen downfield, and Adenogy doesn't block anyone. Hill gets beat. Burrow gets sacked for the second time. The third one, Isaiah Prince double teams but misses the outside blitzer, and that kind of ends our comeback drive, and that's when P. Ryan hurt his knee, so that was a, a total disaster, that play. Fourth sack was Hill missing a linebacker blitz in the fourth quarter. Crucial time. Joe takes a really nice shot again. Fifth one, no one's open. It's kind of a coverage sack. The sixth one, Jonah and Spain kind of lost their guys on a stunt, and Joe Burrow goes down again. So you can see it's pretty much everyone across the line was responsible for a sack. You can say maybe Joe held the ball a little long on, on a play or two. There was a coverage sack, so it's not totally on the offensive line, but with a better offensive line, you're not going to see six sacks. Defensively, defensive line did great against the run. And we had, even though Herbert had a lot of time to throw, we had our share of sacks. You had the Ogunjobi and B.J. Hill back-to-back sacks. And again, a credit to B.J. Hill just coming off the bench with all this production. And then you had the other big sack, which was when Bell had Herbert around the leg and then Sample comes and cleans him up. That was a, a big hit on Justin Herbert and a big sack for the Bengals. And then the next play following that, you get the Hendrickson sack. It's just, you can't have a Bengal game without a Hendrickson sack. Linebacker-wise, again, Logan Wilson out, Marcus Bailey out, really undermanned there, but there it goes Pratt taking the headset, the defensive calls, and playing a very good game. Defensive backs, Hilton with the tackling, he had the one pass defensed, he forced a fumble on Eckler, just continues to play lights out. Awuzie with that huge interception. He makes a great recovery when he's beat and gets the ball away from a receiver who's high-pointing it. He was playing excellently up until he went down. Then you have Hargraves come in for Awuzie, and he made the one big play. And he has a chance at starting next week, but there's also a possibility that Trey Waynes is going to be back too. So if Awuzie is out, it's nice to know that the reinforcements are here and that should keep the game somewhat in check. The Niners don't have great receivers, so if Awuzie is going to miss any game, this might be the game that we can afford to lose him for. And I think Eli Apple had another solid game. He got beat by Guyton in the fourth quarter, and it led to a touchdown. But aside from that, he didn't let up too many plays in the passing game, so I'm going to give Apple a good grade for this game as well. Special teams, one of our worst special teams performances in a long time. That opening kickoff was killer. Puka Williams... Didn't look comfortable back there returning kicks. I don't know. He's got so much acceleration. I was surprised to see them get him at the 15 and at the 10 on on two consecutive because he wasn't really dancing. He kind of took the ball and went upfield. So maybe it was a matter of just having good coverage. Maybe it was the hang time on the kick. I don't know. But he's, he's small out there. He's a Bengal. I'm rooting for him. You guys know that. But when I see his frame, I'm like, man, I'm hoping that he can hold on to the ball when you have big linebackers coming down and big safeties coming down and kick coverage trying to light you up. So that's one thing to look out for. I was I wanted to see Puka Williams get in there and see what he could do in the return game. And McPherson gives us the 48-yarder, which was great. He misses the extra point. That wasn't so great, but he continues to have a great year. So special teams-wise, not a great game, but it is a great unit. 
So that's it. We go out, we beat the 49ers. This game doesn't matter. We didn't lose any place in the standings. We're still a game out of the division lead. We're still the number six seed in the AFC. If you're going to lose a game and not lose any ground, then that's not that bad of a loss. But we have to pick it up from here and continue to play like we have all season. When you're at five losses, you figure the most losses you could have is seven and make the playoffs. You're not going to make it with eight. Even seven with all these teams playing well, who knows? So you only have one or two losses to give at this point. So we really have to play solidly down the stretch. And we're playing a bunch of good teams. McLeavy Minute. All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you today? Good, Frank. How you doing, bud? All right, my friend. I want to get your thoughts on the Bengals game. But first, what's going on with the University of Cincinnati football team? Uh, we, we're, we're in. We're in uh, the playoff. Uh, what a, a, a beautiful win. Much deserved to be in with the other three teams. And they start off with Alabama. We go up against the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I think they can uh, play well with them. Their defense is uh, is an SEC type of defense, so uh, it will be fun and interesting. That um, we'll see what happens. Uh, the city of Cincinnati could have really had a beautiful weekend if the Bengals just would have pulled off uh, that miraculous comeback. The one thing, Frank, that is different, you know, we were long long term Bengal fans and. Um, you know, I see him got down to that early deficit. And you know something? I was watching the game, and I just said, no problem. You know, it was, there's a, uh, I have a different attitude towards this team. I think they have the talent to compete, and it showed. They weren't flustered, shored up a couple things, and they roared back into that game. Just unfortunately, you can't turn the ball over in this league. And that was their downfall in uh, the fourth quarter. But another thing we talked about previously, their their depth. And now we're starting to see that, you know, we have a good start in 22. But with the couple injuries in the offensive line, you know, that showed a downfall weakness that we have. And, the, you know, the, the, the turnovers, that, that killed us. But once again, you know, the receivers, T. Higgins is finally back healthy, I think. This is like his second week in a row that he's put up good numbers. And, you know, Chase had that touchdown in his hands and he dropped it. And, of course, it went into the, uh, the Chargers defensive back hands. Listen, we're playing with house money. You know, we were helped by uh, Pittsburgh beating Baltimore. So we're still in this thing. Um, We're a year early, I think. But, hey, it's fun to see uh, Bengal football back and they're they're being put in prime time fashion that they're on the national stage now. So it's, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, Tom, it's nice to go into December for the first time in a few years with a very good chance of making the playoffs. Yes, exactly. It's been a, 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 a you know, since the 20 teens. Now let's do some, uh, I, and I think with this, this makeup of this team, 
And, you know, hats off to the coaches. I mean, once again, they, they, they made an adjustment. They came out and they started doing things in the second half. But as I said earlier, you just can't turn the, foot, the ball over in this, uh, in this league. Tom, what were you thinking about the Logan Wilson injury? I know he's been one of our prime players as a linebacker. They had him in on special teams. It's apparently a, a fairly significant shoulder injury. You know, what, what's your theory on having defensive starters play on, on kick coverage? Well, it was due to the fact that Bailey got hurt and uh, they needed Logan Wilson to play in his spot. And unfortunately, uh, apparently he hurt his shoulder. Um, and, you know, that's not good for a middle linebacker to, with a hurt shoulder to try to fend off blockers and, and get to the ball. So, you know, that's an injury that's going to really take a hard look at to see hopefully he can bounce back. Last thing I wanted to ask you about the game, how are you feeling about the Herbert Burrow comparisons? I know we're going to be hearing a lot about that this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, hats off to Joe Burrow. For, you know, you could tell that pinky was really bothering him, and he was still uh, throwing the ball around. And, yeah, you know, Justin Herbert, those two are going to be linked together all through their careers, and um, rightfully so. They're both good quarterbacks, and the, the league is in uh, – at least the, the two franchises are in good hands in the future. Week 14 preview, Cincinnati Bengals versus San Francisco 49ers. First play of the game, three wide receivers. We send a tight end in motion. You know, Joe's got the hurt finger. They want to get mixing going. They're not going to be throwing on first down. No, that's not what we do. We have the motion, play action, Jamar Chase, deep ball down the right sideline. Let's go. Let's go right at him, right away. We're not afraid of what happened last game. We're not afraid of Burrow's finger. We're not afraid of your pass rush. We're not afraid of your front four. We're going to go right at you right away with a well-designed, well-protected play, and Chase is going to light it up. You get Chase going on that first play for a touchdown, this game is a win. So I say go for it right away. If it's incomplete, I'm willing to suffer the consequences and go into a second and ten and work our way out of that from there. Second play, four wides. Right back to it again. And just a slant to Boyd. It's been working all day. They don't have a great slot corner. Maybe we'll put trips to one side and have and have Boyd just slip underneath it for that slant. Nice seven, eight, ten-yard gain right there. Next play, right to five wides. Whoa, they're not even going to Mixon in the first drive. Don't worry, we're going to feed them a bunch of Mixon late, so they're going to have to get used to that. But on this first series, throw, throw, throw. So five wides, Higgins in the slot, just send them on an out to the left side. It's been working all year, and that's another first down play, no matter how much yardage that we need. So there it is. We're throwing right away to set up the run. All right, on to the 49ers. The 49ers are very strong in the trenches. They have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line, and that's how you win games. They're a 500 team right now, but they're playing better than they have all year, and a lot of that is due to the trenches. So we're going to have to win those battles. And if our offensive line performs like we did against the Chargers, that's going to be trouble. And if our defensive line can't put a little pressure on Garoppolo, that's going to be trouble too. So let's quickly go over some offensive strategy. Get our receivers in one-on-ones, whether it's through four wides, five wides, or creative motions, 
or just shifting guys around a bunch. But I want to see Higgins get his one-on-ones. I want to see Chase get a couple deep balls. I want to see Boyd underneath. Just all the things that have been working all year. Let's make sure we can isolate those defenders and get our great pass receivers and our passing game going. And then on top of that, you got to have a steady dose of mixing. And with their good defensive line, we're going to have to be creative and we're going to have to get a lot of push. But you can't give up on the run. Even if the first half goes by and he's got 23 yards on the ground, don't give up on it because it's going to give you time of possession and eventually the defense is going to crack. We've seen it before and Mixon gets stronger as the games go on. And when I talk about the receivers having big games, they have K1 Williams as a slot corner, so I think that's a real mismatch with Boyd. You have an aging Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley on the corners on the outside. I don't think they're adequate matchups for Chase and Higgins, so those are real keys. When I say hit our wide receivers, it's not just me saying throw the ball like crazy. It's seeing legitimate matchups that we can win. Concerns? Bosa, another Bosa brother coming in who's a great player. If he's in there against Isaiah Prince, there's going to be problems. If Reef is back and not 100%, there's going to be problems. So we're going to have to get some chips on him, some tight end double teams, and really keep him from being a game wrecker. And then the same thing at center. If Hopkins is, is back but banged up, or if Hill starts and struggles again, you know, they have Armstead and DJ Jones in the middle, and those guys can do a lot of damage against our center as well. So those are key things to watch out for. We don't want to see Burrow running for his life this game. We don't want to see Mixon get met in the backfield continuously this game either. Jimmy Ward is a good safety, so you're going to have to be aware of where he is at all times. They have some good coverage linebackers. Uh, Aziz Alshier is is a decent linebacker. And Fred Warner, I don't know if he's playing, but he's another one who's a, a good coverage linebacker and a good overall linebacker. So again, a good front seven for this team. We're going to have to beat those back-end guys. Defensive strategy, we have to watch Kittle. That's one of their main passing weapons. So you probably want to get a third safety on him, especially that we're compromised in the linebacker position with injury and Wilson not being there. So a lot of that three safety look to neutralize Kittle the best that we can. You're not totally going to shut him down. You just want to slow him down a little. And then the guys that are possibly going to play due to injured players, like you're going to have Bocce in there. You might have Bailey if he's ready to come back. you got to protect those guys in your schemes and not leave them isolated too much. And the same thing goes if Hargrave starts instead of a Wouzie, you know, you could be looking at matchup problems there, and that's something where you want to give them a little help with a safety as much as you can. Concerns, like we said, Kittle's going to be a big concern. Ayuk is a great player for them if he's healthy. Debo is out with a groin injury. If he plays, that's another player you have to watch. Elijah Mitchell is he's I guess he's running the ball decently. And that offensive line, it's really strong on the left side. They have Trent Williams as the left tackle, who's rated number one in the league by Pro Football Focus. And if you guys recall from the offseason, that was the guy who I said, let's sign. Let's just sign him. I don't care what it costs because he'll shut down and lock down that side for you. And we didn't, and the 49ers grabbed him, and he's making a big difference on that offensive line. So prediction for the game, the Bengals grind it out. We score three touchdowns and a field goal. We hold them to two touchdowns and two field goals. They don't have a huge offense that's going to light it up. We do 24-20 Bengals, and we go into those final four weeks with a lot of momentum, a big win over the Niners, and just march on to the playoffs and beyond.
AFC North standings. The Bengals are currently 7-5 and five and in second place in the AFC North. They trail the 8-4 Ravens by one game, and they're ahead of the 6-5-1 Steelers and the 6-6 six six Cleveland Browns. The Bengals are currently the number 6 seed in the AFC. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be a review of the 49ers game and a preview of the upcoming Denver Broncos game. And we're also going to welcome in some special guests as well. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.